When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. Uh, and of course, welcome to another edition of this wonderful show. I'm joined here by my vice mayor and your thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Uh, and uh, again, happy Friday to you all. We got our annual uh, Diamondbacks Cincinnati Reds nighttime game out in Goodyear tonight. Big event. Uh, it's a huge event. You, it's 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 the talk of the baseball world right now, of course. Uh, and Jesse will be out there because that's that's what he does. He does he d- d- does it, whether it's bringing the information back to the show or just going for his own amusement. Jesse is always out there watching baseball. Uh, and yeah, we have. Uh, a lot of good things to talk about when it comes to that Cincinnati Reds team. I don't know if you want to call it good. Might not want to call it good. Uh, we knew they were going to be a problem, and it very much feels like a lot of people, including ESPN, uh, think that that Reds team is going to, in fact, be a problem in 2024. Yeah, they they had a story today about uh, uh, about the Reds, like who could be the Diamondbacks of 2024, and the Cincinnati Reds are, I think, the most natural answer to to that question. That's sort of what what ESPN seemed to think. And young, exciting, had, yeah, a lot of a lot of young players with uh, with pretty pretty high level potential. And honestly, I mean, I think the I think the Reds' young core is. I mean, I think they have more potential star level players than the Diamondbacks even do. Um, but they also don't have Zach Gallen. They you know they don't have Merrill Kelly. They don't have. Uh, the star power at the top of the rotation that the Diamondbacks do. So there's some interesting comparisons there. I, I could see the Reds taking a big step forward in, in 2024, but uh, they still have, uh, there's still some some questions to be answered there as well. Well, shout out to OG's Brands, of course, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OG's Naturals and the Big OG's, and find out where you can purchase those. And of course, uh, it's, it's a wonderful time of the year because uh, baseball... Uh, OGs can enhance watching baseball. OGs can enhance everything, but there's so much baseball to be uh, had here in Arizona. Of course, we do know that this Diamondbacks team, like the Reds team, continues to kind of get younger, continue to evolve, and allow some of their guys from the minor league system to come up and and now become their everyday starters. But the Diamondbacks did lose some of those starters during the the off season and. We just wanted to take a moment to do a little spying on our exes. So we wanted to check in and let's check in with some of these former Arizona Diamondbacks just to see where they've landed on, of course, another edition of spying on our exes. The first guy, Jesse, of course, uh, I mean, a lot of these guys are unsigned. And of course, we are going to talk about the Major League Baseball signing period and kind of how maybe... Uh, a deadline is needed, something more than this soft deadline that they currently have. But uh, a lot of the former Diamondbacks, especially the ones that helped this team uh, get to the postseason and have that success in the postseason, are still unsigned. Evan Longoria right now, still unsigned, perhaps yeah. contemplating retirement. That might be 
the direction he goes? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, no Evan Longoria deal just yet. Uh, at the end of last year, he was certainly, certainly sounded like he was interested in, in playing another season. If he found the, the right opportunity, I guess he hasn't found that at this point. I know uh, Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times earlier this month had, or I guess I should say last month, early in February. Right. So we're now in March. We, this, is Mar- this is a whole new month. It's a whole new month. Opening day Opening day is this month. I, it's in this goodness. month. We get opening day opening and, and my birthday in the month of, of, of March. It's, it's, every, it's everyone's favorite month. Uh, but yes, uh, Longoria, according to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, was still weighing his options. That report came out about a month ago now. So... Uh, presumably he's still he's still in that process. We haven't heard anything official in terms of uh, you know him wanting to retire, but I could see that happening. I mean, Evan Longoria in the second half of the 2023 season really struggled for the Diamondbacks offensively. We saw what he was able to give them in the playoffs, and especially defensively, what he what he was able to give them in the playoffs. He was an enormous part of the clubhouse, and I think still played a big role in the Diamondbacks doing what they did. Uh, but on the field, yeah. you know, teams are going to want to be able to count on what they're getting on the field from him as well. And based on what he did toward the end of last year, I think there, you know, there might be some doubts about what he could really give a team at this point. Well, when the Diamondbacks brought him on, uh, his two options at the time were pretty much places where he currently lived, which was here in Arizona and in Tampa. And, uh, you know, of course, both the Tampa Bay Rays and the Diamondbacks are teams that are kind of moving in a direction where, uh, you know, Longoria wouldn't really fit in on the roster, wouldn't have you know, that opportunity to play. So I'm not sure uh, what what his plans are for the future. I feel like after seeing him do what he did for this team last year, he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, but again, it's it, sometimes it's, you know, it, it's that time. And I think uh, Longoria is one of those guys. He has a great personality. He has a lot of other interests. Huge card collector. And oh, I yeah. say, like, he's the kind of card collector that when you're in his orbit, he kind of brings you into his love for card collecting. So honestly, I would, I'd, I'd love give, give Evan Longoria some sort of baseball show where he is, uh, you know, telling us all about card. Cause he literally breaks down for people what the worth of cards are and why they're worth so much money. He just seems to be very, you know, yeah, very we, into that we need the Evan Longoria card collecting I, show. Let's put it on uh, PHNX. Whenever, whenever, yeah, let's He'll put, come let's on right after right the here. Gabby and Lourdes show that he lives Jacob in, He lives in yesterday. Scottsdale. It's a, you know, a nice easy trip to yeah. downtown. Uh, we figured it out. We'll sign him. We'll yeah, sign him, yeah, basically, is what we're saying. We'll take him. Another guy we'll sign that's currently unsigned, Tommy Pham. Let's bring him in here to co-host that show because uh, <laughs> that's electric. But Pham, uh, obviously, definitely has some more interest there. Uh, Tom, uh, Bob Nightingale, five days ago, uh, outfielder Tommy Pham, who just four months ago helped lead the Arizona Diamondbacks to the National League pennant, continues working out every day in Las Vegas, waiting for someone anyone to just make a contract offer i don't feel like bob needed to put that anyone part in there i feel like (laughs) just reading that out loud that's really the part that sounds super negative about that tweet but uh yeah let's uh, of course tommy fam again another guy he's he's at the tail end of his career he definitely uh still has you know a lot i think left to offer a team but it's it's just baseball right i mean at this point it does feel like the trend is moving towards the direction of, of of younger players. I feel like more last year we saw more young superstars from the minor league come up than we have in, in a number of years, right? And so I, I could definitely see there being a lack of roster spots sometimes for some of these veterans that can still, especially if you have a young team, that, that still can you know help in, in various ways that definitely don't show up on the stat sheet. 
Yeah, I think I think the issue for Tommy Pham is that he really wants to play every day. That's kind of what uh, the, you know the news that came out from him from the beginning of the offseason. And I, I think it's going to be hard to to find that opportunity. Apparently, he hasn't found it to this point. Yeah. I suspect that if Tommy Pham were willing to be a fourth outfielder or you know kind of a part time player. I think he probably would have a contract offer that he was happy with at this point. But if you go out and you say, like, I'm only interested in playing every day, that's going to really narrow the field. And, you know, I think Longoria is maybe dealing with with some, you know, a similar situation where I I don't think he necessarily needs to play every day. But I think Evan Longoria, you know, he doesn't want to sign a minor league deal with the Pirates. Like, he, you know, he wants to at least have a path to playing for a team that, that could win at least. That's what I would want if I were him I'm at this stage in, in his career. And I don't know that's, if you're going to I mean, find that at this point. Right. And that that's fine. But sometimes I feel like, you know, I, it did, I guess it depends on how much you want to still play this game in some form. Right. Is it better to just not play at all? Or is it better to take that minor league deal with some team and, you know, realize that this is the, the tail end of your of your career? That sucks. It's a hard thing to come to terms with. I think. Yeah. Athletes, any sport, it's hard to get to that point where you have to kind of move from being, you know, one of the superstars to being a role player, to being a guy that maybe isn't going to start, to being a guy that is going to contribute in other ways, but isn't going to play every single day. I will give a lot of credit to Nick Ahmed, for instance, because Nick Ahmed signed a minor league deal with the Giants. And very quickly, Nick Ahmed, through spring training, uh, has kind of moved up and could end up being the Giants starting shortstop. So, yeah. I mean, taking that minor <laughs> league deal doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to end up on the major league roster, especially right. when you're a veteran guy with experience that potentially they're an injury or maybe even a young player playing badly away from calling you up and having you have a more significant role. I mean, yeah, the Giants just didn't get much from shortstop last year. We saw Marco Luciano in the starting lineup yesterday. And uh, he didn't look great defensively. You know, he's never really been a premier defensive shortstop. So, yeah, if you're the Giants, you're, you know, you might be kind of at the point where eh, maybe we're not expecting to get much from Nick Ahmed offensively. But if he's, you know, a significantly better shortstop defensively Correct. than anyone else that you have, there's uh, there, there's a path there. So, uh, yeah, good. Uh, didn't get to see Nick Ahmed uh, in the lineup yesterday. Didn't play when the Diamondbacks faced the Giants. But it does sound like there's legitimately a, a role for him for him there. A lot of these guys that the Diamondbacks have parted ways with, that's kind of the key here is, is that they do have to accept a role. Uh, and, and again, the Diamondbacks didn't just designate guys for assignment just because they weren't going to be starters again. You, you know, it, it, there's, there's a point where your role is going to diminish so much with a team that releasing you might just be the best option not only for the team but for you to go find an opportunity to play elsewhere uh another one of the diamondbacks x is carson kelly uh he was released by the diamondbacks in mid-august uh, and he was picked up by the detroit tigers he's yeah. still with the tigers as their backup catcher behind jake rogers uh and the tigers exercised their 3.5 million dollar option for 2024 so they must like what what Carson is doing as a backup for them. Yeah, I was maybe a little a little surprised by that. I mean, by Carson pick, picking up the three and a half million. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, maybe you'd want him, but but maybe you could have him in a lower dollar figure. Did he have a two point eight million dollar buyout or something? Because sometimes that's it, right? Like, yeah, like, if we're going to pay him that much money. We might as well just pay him a little more extra and keep him on the roster. He uh, he slashed 173, 271, 269 after going to the Tigers. So he was actually 
they're actually even a little bit worse with Detroit offensively than he had been with the Diamondbacks. And of course, he was struggling offensively with Arizona too. Um, so yeah, I, I, a little maybe a little surprising to, to see the Tigers willing to, to pay that kind of money for him as, as a backup catcher. But it did at least cross my mind. Like, would the Diamondbacks like to still have Carson Kelly in the fold right now as we're having these backup catcher conversations? It's not necessarily a super high bar right now with, right. with Jose Herrera and you know Tucker Barnhart, the season he had last year, the struggles that he had also uh, you know being DFA'd in the first year of a two-year contract. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Carson is, would necessarily give the Diamondbacks much of an upgrade, but, uh, he's, he's still out there and he's also only 29 years old, which kind of, uh, kind of blows my mind. I think we, we view Carson Kelly as being this, uh, the old, you know, the old this grizzled veteran yeah. at this point. And, and he's, he's really not that he's still a pretty young guy. He just is with the injury last year and, and some of the struggles he's had offensively, his stock has, has really fallen here in the last year or two. Tucker Barnhart. Had put up better numbers last year than that for sure. He slashed 202, 285, 257, 541 I mean, OPS. Pretty, pretty similar. Pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible. Pretty, pretty similar, no, I know. Yeah. Pretty, still pretty <laughs> bad, right? But the point being is, is that the Diamondbacks aren't going to pay Tucker Barnhart nearly three and a half million dollars for for that catcher catcher backup catcher role, right? So uh, I don't know. Carson Kelly is a guy that, of course, a lot of Diamondbacks fans, you know, still love and and understandably so. He was a big part of some magical moments for this team. He just couldn't stay healthy, unfortunately. Uh, a few other guys uh, still haven't been signed. Uh, we have Kyle Lewis. D-backs non-tendered him in November. He's still unsigned. Uh, let's see. We got, um, yeah, I mean, Zach Davies was released by the Diamondbacks. Uh, he signed a minor league deal with the Washington Nationals. So the Diamondbacks, when you look kind of at these guys, at this collection of players that the Diamondbacks have moved on from, this not this offseason and last year, uh, th there's there's really not like a, oh, man, I feel like we're going to really miss that guy. And that's no knock to any of these players. I just mean as far as their production and what they gave to this team, usually you do lose some guys that leave kind of on their own and they go sign elsewhere because they got paid more money and it feels a little bit more like a loss. I don't feel that with this yeah. you know particular set of players. There yeah. are still some young guys like Diego Castillo and stuff that could still – end up being good and you know whatever well diego castillo's had a, he's had a rough offseason man the diamondbacks oh, yeah. the, the diamondbacks dfa diego castillo in december everybody then, DFA then he, diego castillo. Then he was claimed by the mets dfa'd by the mets claimed by the yankees dfa'd by the yankees claimed by the phillies dfa'd by the phillies claimed by the orioles and just not that long ago it's like two weeks ago dfa'd by the orioles but this time, Derek, he cleared waivers. Yeah, so he, he did it. He is now, I guess, in the kind of the minor league uh, portion of the Orioles system. Uh, you know, I I don't want to feel happy for him that he cleared waivers because that makes his path to the majors a little bit more difficult. But at no. least he's not going to be you bouncing from organization to organization yeah. for another two months. He's free. Uh, He's free. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been a rough uh, it's been a rough option. There's only one person I can think of that had a rougher. Uh, I said, think off season, if you will, than him. And that was Will Ferrell back in 2015. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was Will rough. Ferrell had a rough day because Will Ferrell, he was signed by the Oakland A's as an undrafted amateur free agent. Uh, same day, traded to the Seattle Mariners uh, for a comedic actor to be named later. Then he joined the Los Angeles Angels <laughs> of Anaheim for an unknown amount. He was traded to the Cubs for a washing machine. 
Then he was traded that to was the Diamondbacks. That was an egregious overpay. It's a overpay. huge egregious over Because here, the di- they traded him to the Cubs for a washing machine, right? But then he was traded to the Diamondbacks for a churro dog and a D-bat dog. Jesse, that is a value of about $33 American. Um, then the Diamondbacks DFA'd him. Uh, then he was claimed off waivers by the Cincinnati Reds. They released Norm McDonald in a uh, transaction uh, related to that. Granted, unconditional release by the Reds. Then he was signed by the White Sox as a free agent. Traded to the Giants for unknown compensation. <laughs> then traded to the Dodgers. And then traded to the Padres. Uh, and all of that happened on March 12, 2015. All in the same Where day. Where are you getting all this information it's from? It's from BaseballReference.com. <laughs> what do you, what, where would I get this information from? Of course I'm getting it from BaseballReference.com. It's crazy to even ask that. Um, but anyway, yeah, the only guy that got a worse uh, worse offseason there than Diego Castillo. But yeah, yeah. again, the Diamondbacks, uh, much improved, I feel like, when we kind of look a lot of those names, like I said. I mean, it just it makes you feel like, uh, especially <laughs> with the success that they ended up having, that they, they really did move in a direction, shedding that skin a little bit uh, and, and kind of getting away from some of those players that weren't contributing as much but are hard to move on from because they are family. Their family within the organization, their family to the fans. You know, it's not easy sometimes to make those decisions, especially when a guy's not doing anything wrong other than just kind of struggling. You kind of wait for him to come out of it. You wait for him to 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 show that he can still contribute in a way. And then you just have younger guys in the minor leagues that are sitting there str- waiting for their opportunity. You know, yeah. I mean, it just it really does feel like even though it kind of sucks uh, that that the Diamondbacks did make the right decisions. I guess we should add Madison Bumgarner into this conversation and say that is he unsigned? He is unsigned. He there has been there has been no news about Madison Bumgarner since except the day when you make comparisons was, to Eduardo Rodriguez, and then that's news with me because that upsets <laughs> me very much. But anyway, uh, he might he might actually be done. Uh, you know, we haven't heard anything official, but. It, it certainly there were no reports last year of, you know, him being in contact with any teams or trying to find a job after the Diamondbacks moved on from him. And we haven't gotten any of those reports this offseason either. Uh, so, yeah, may, you know, maybe this is maybe this is the end for Madison. I, I want to give him some credit. What a legend to literally ride off into the sunset. You know, I mean, no. he's going to make $14 million this year no saying. matter what. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Why Why wouldn't you just do that? But I mean, like, no no podium, no retirement for Madison Bumgarner. He'll get no accolades. There will be no celebration. He'll just be on a ranch somewhere, and his agent will message MLB and say he retired. <laughs> that's it. That's that's, that's, the, that's the most pomp and circumstance you're going to get from him. Uh, and that's fitting. It's fitting for him. But uh, I did like all of the rumors of people thinking that a, a playoff team was going to pick him up uh, right there at the end last year, though. That was hilarious. Of course, that didn't happen. There were, were there rumors about that? Uh, maybe it was jokes. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know the difference between jokes and rumors, really. Uh, but I, that's why I need you guys here for. And I'm so glad you guys are here. Of course, we appreciate you guys being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live. Uh, leave us a like. We always love when you drop those likes. We also love our listeners. Uh, so if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, make sure you leave us a review over there. Also, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite audio podcasting app. Uh, and most importantly, make sure you stop by Circle K 
today on your way home. There's a Circle K near you. You know you need to fill yourself up. Treat yourself right. Like, trust me, this is coming from a guy that does not feed himself properly uh, at all. This man definitely does not feed himself properly. And uh, with Circle K, at least we can pretend uh, like like we're we're taking care of ourselves a little bit because they have snacks, they have drinks, they have everything we need to fuel up. They also have some cheap gas prices as well. You can save 25 cents off per gallon, by the way, if you sign up for their Inner Circle program for free by downloading the Circle K app today. That's 25 cents off per gallon on your first five fill-ups and then three cents off per gallon every day after that. Terms and conditions apply. See, uh, visit CircleK.com for details uh, at participating locations. Also, check out our friends over at Prize Picks because Prize Picks is making it so much fun for you to get down on, uh, of course, all of the basketball action right now. We are big basketball guys. We are our son's uh, podcast at times, and we love getting down on the basketball op- action. Uh, you can get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can t- turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And that is why I wait for Jesse's son's tweets at night. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's it has been a, been a while. And there, it's because there's nothing for you to be negative about. Uh, They're there winning. Is. There is. They won five I, in a row. I almost sent out a negative tweet last night because <sighs> the Suns, like, they lost to the Rockets last time. And last night they had one of the more uninspiring. Uh, I think they won by five points over one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. So, yeah, the, the pessimism continues from for me as far as the Suns are concerned. Yeah. Uh, Rattlebacks wants to know when you're going to move to Goodyear full time. And I'd like to know that right now. Whenever whenever he starts getting negative on, on the Suns, I just want him to move to Goodyear in this I moment. I think that'd be closer to you, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Uh, but prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. So get down on it with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types. That's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash PHNX and use code PHNX for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash PHNX and use that code of PHNX. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Jesse, why are there still MLB free agents available on the market? Because of Scott Boris, Derek. It's all all his fault, right? (laughs) Yeah, forget MLB's rules and everything. But yes, no, Scott Boris is absolutely to blame. Uh, Most of his clients are the ones still available. And uh, of course, we just want this to move along faster. That's all. We just want... I, I, I feel like players should be with their teams by the time camp starts, but... Maybe they should at least be with their teams by the time spring training games actually start. Yeah. I don't know where the cutoff is, but I do feel like baseball needs some sort of signing deadline so that we don't get into, you know, actual regular season baseball games with some of the top players in the game still unsigned. And maybe even just looking to see where, you know, where's a but if if you can't get the contract you want, maybe see who's doing good and where you can sign that you'll immediately kind of fit in with a contender. Yeah, it's not good for baseball that this is the case. Like we're going to get into some of the nuances of MLB having a signing deadline and some of the the very valid challenges in that process. But I think we can all agree that it is bad for baseball, that it is March 1st and opening day is now just a few weeks away. Spring training has been underway for multiple weeks at this point. And Jordan Montgomery is still a free agent. Blake Snell is still a free agent. Matt Chapman is still a free agent. Like, 
these are not guys who are going to get minor league deals. These are these are marquee free agents. These are really, really good players who can have a big impact on teams in 2024 that are still out there. And it's not only the fact that these guys are still out there that is bad for baseball. It's the fact that baseball has has a hard time really commanding any kind of news in the offseason because it's just so slow, right? I mean, Otani signs yeah. in December and and these free agent storylines, they just they just, you know, drag on from December to January to February, now into March. Uh, there's no, you know, there isn't like this this two week period of chaos or whatever that you see in some of the other major sports, and that's that's not a good thing for this game. Well, and and we talked about it. I speculated on it, and I was I I couldn't have been more wrong because I felt like once Otani signed, that was the main piece. That was the thing. Yeah. That once. Yeah. The, I remember they, when we all thought that. Yeah. Like we just <laughs> thought that teams, understandably so, that that were in the Otani sweepstakes, if you will. Uh, that, that missed out that weren't the Dodgers would have that extra money that they had set aside budgeted for him to spend on other free agents. So we thought, OK, that's where we'll see a Blake Snell sign. That's what we'll see Jordan Montgomery sign. And it's just it's it's taking much longer for some of these guys because there is so much uncertainty out there. Like teams were willing to put that money up for Shohei, but they're not necessarily willing to put anywhere close of that anywhere close to that amount up for a for a Blake Snell right right you know right. and and understandably so but it's it's just odd that with this with the way that the free agency period went that that these guys aren't picked up now it's not uncommon we've seen it in the past yes and that's the reason why I think Major League Baseball needs to take a look at this and think about instituting some sort of deadline Michael McDermott in the chat asked us if it would be January 31st or February 15th. I feel like if you want to extend it out, if 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 the amount of time is a factor here, February 15th is is a good period. Is that's a good date because that is usually when pitchers and catchers report and I feel like by that point you should have all of that off-season, you know, free agency acquisition stuff all kind of settled so that your can, your team can focus on coming into camp, yeah. figure out what their new pieces are, where, where guys, you know, what positional battles there are. Like there could be guys fighting for a spot, and then the, some team brings in a free agent, and then all three, four of those guys are just screwed because they were they thought they yeah. were going to get a starting role on a team, and now they bring in somebody that just takes that spot immediately, right? Uh, someone in the chat says the signing the signing season is disconnected and lethargic. It needs to be connected and dangerous. There you go. Yeah, enough said, right? I mean, that's <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, Chris, our our of course PHNX Den mom, she says, "Hear me out. All free agents and GMs get on a cruise. Must sign before you return. Agents provide onboard entertainment. Derek is the mayor of free agency. Let's go." Captain mayor of free agency. That's the only that's the only mistake you made. I'm the captain mayor of free agency. But yes, uh, look, we all get on a cruise. We all drink uh, lava flows and pina coladas. We get smashed and then <laughs> we make bad decisions together collectively as a there group. That could be one of the most entertaining free agent signing periods of all time. Uh, no. Well, Mike Hazen, you talked to Mike Hazen about this a few weeks ago. And Mike I Hazen did. kind of uh, gave uh, gave his thoughts on the idea of a yeah this was a yeah this was uh this was pretty funny this was mike's initial reaction and then i, I asked a follow-up question uh here's what he he had to say about the idea of a signing deadline 
We get to go on vacation? Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> that'd be great. Love to go on vacation. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would need to. I would need to sit down and think about it a little bit more. I'm sure there's pros and cons to it. It would. It's an interesting concept. I think. I think the most interesting thing that's happened over the last few years was when we came out of COVID, and that, and the and the or it was out of COVID, but it was in the um, the the deadline that the signing deadline that happened prior to the lockout. Yeah. That was an interesting time because sure. we've never. I've never experienced anything like that before, and I'm sure it'll obviously be much different with different rules and everything else and it certainly won't be in that same in that same space but i it was an in, it was a much different dynamic than it had been in the past so i love new things so i don't care sure. I, yeah I love, <laughs> it'll make it more interesting what were what were those dynamics like did you find that certain players really wanted to sign before the lockout or we didn't really know yeah, I, I didn't know that it was going to be as chaotic as it was we weren't really anticipating that happening okay. it just ended up tons of guys were signing we weren't as, as active sure. coming off the season that we were where we were in the cycle like we weren't as into like that part of the free agent market as much as like but it was very interesting to watch i you know i i just remember I remember the lockout Derek? Uh, wasn't that I fun i just don't ever want to talk about the you lockout started during the lockout yes yes um yes basically at the end of the worst season one of the worst seasons of diamondbacks history and right before a lockout started that was that was good times that was good times for me and jesse uh but yeah, no, I mean, uh, Gabriel has a comment here. He said a salary cap and floor is the only way a deadline can happen. Uh, and that's that's true. Like, Major League Baseball overall needs a bit more oversight, a bit more restrictions on everything. The amount of spending that's allowed, the right. amount of spending that teams don't do, the signing deadline. Like, they just need, like, free agency and salary reform is what Major League Baseball needs. And, I mean, of course... You know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if the PA really wants all of that, right? Like, Players Association definitely doesn't want any kind of salary cap or floor, but I'm sure the PA would be in more in favor a little bit of some sort of signing deadline so that players and agents, <laughs> no? Well, I mean, yeah, anything that impedes them getting money, right? Exactly. Because, like, exactly. Cody Bellinger, right? Could Cody Bellinger have gotten more money if he had more time, potentially? Here. So, so I, yeah, there's a, there's a, a few, a few factors here. First of all, just the unions, the unions perspective on this, they don't want any part of a salary cap, um, a salary floor. Maybe there's a little bit more of an opportunity there, but that didn't work out in CBA negotiations last year either. And they also don't want a signing deadline. Yeah. Uh, Manfred view, wanted it for like December, right? Wasn't yeah, that his original yeah. comments was like, we should have it be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like during Christmas time and during holiday during, season, during yeah. CBA negotiations last time around, uh, the MLB made a proposal toward like in the very early stages of, of negotiation process of the negotiation process, more than a year before the CBA it actually expired they proposed a multi-year contract signing deadline that was at the end of the winter meetings so basically like around december 6th or 7th something like that players would no longer be able to sign a multi-year deals after that date so you could still sign a one-year contract after that date but if you are a big name free agent you were going to sign by december 6th or, or whatever that date was um, that wasn't particularly well received. MLB later revisited the idea and proposed a seven day signing window for multi-year deals. That was also around uh, the time of the winter meetings. And uh, yeah, Rob Manfred said a couple of weeks ago out in Florida seven that day. those uh, those proposals were not warmly received Yeah, because it's too extreme. Like yeah, this December is a little like I mean, 
I think there would be some some benefits to that. I mean, you could really command, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said for it being in December as opposed to in February, because if you set the deadline to February, then it's like, all right, you still kind of have the same issue where these things are going to drag out. Right, right. Right. If you set it in December, then that's well, only about a month after the World Series ends. And the idea of signing a multi-year deal being something that needs to be done faster than signing a one-year contract almost feels like you are punishing the player for not signing a deal faster like better agree to that multi-year deal like right. so you're just applying pressure to them in order to get those deals done which all of that seems so silly the seven day signing window for multi-year contracts seems silly i can understand why mlbpa it doesn't receive these things warmly and honestly it almost feels like major league baseball doesn't want to get them done because of how extreme everything has to be it's almost like the way that mlb changed the rules of baseball people were not really on board but they were like okay and then everybody was fine with it so now here they are again this year being like oh we're gonna make the pitch clock we're gonna we're, we're gonna do it even more extreme this year right like stop stop extending stuff out to the point where a good idea becomes a bad idea and that's the thing is is a signing deadline isn't a bad idea but these things, a seven-day signing window for multi-year contracts, and essentially like punishing someone for not signing a multi-year deal faster doesn't seem like the way to go. Like, just let contracts be signed regardless of the length of them up to a certain date. Like, you don't need to make it all weird and have it have tiers based on, you know, the length of the contract. Sure. Yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a complicated thing to try to figure out. Uh, the union... Yeah, definitely not on not on board with this. Rob Manfred said he would like to revisit the idea, but it it doesn't seem like something that the union is going to agree to. The perception for the union and uh, there's some quotes from from player agents as well in a story that just came out at ESPN. Agents feel that if they are if they have to get their client signed by a certain date, that they're going to lose leverage and it's going to favor it's going to favor teams more than it favors players. Sure. Um, and I, I understand that. I will also say, going back to the Cody Bellinger comment that you made earlier, I still have to at least wonder if there's a signing deadline in December or January, whenever it is. Does Cody Bellinger really only get three years and $80 million? It kind of feels to me that Scott Boris has just waited so long and maybe overplayed his hand here that he's actually kind of backed himself into a corner. And that's why Cody Bellinger didn't get paid more money. Than Where the only team was that was interested in him any longer was his team that he was already with. Yeah, I think at a certain point, teams just kind of are like, well, if if they're going to be unreasonable in their, you know, in, in their ask for Cody Bellinger, we're going to go another route sure. and we're going to figure sure. out what we're doing. And then eventually the tide kind of turns for Scott Boris and you're like, oh, man, I've actually kind of lost all my leverage in this situation by waiting as long as I did. I have a lot of metaphors to make, and I'm just trying to remember which ones I want to make. First <laughs> of all, when it comes to that, you know, like, I, I don't know, I think we've all been in a position where something was so expensive that it's it's not even a consideration for me right like sure you go over and look at a hoodie like i did this weekend in miami on a rack and it says it's 225 dollars, and you're just like ha! moving on right like there and teams could do that essentially when scott boris's asking price is so high that they're like oh yeah i can't even like even if you cut down what you're asking by 50 percent, yeah it's sure. still not in our in our range as far as budget so we don't even have the ability to consider him as a player that we're going to go after right when it comes to that deadline thing another metaphor i was thinking of is like you know you, you might think of it as being like ebay 
right? Where people wait to the last minute and then they yeah, get all crazy at the right, 11th hour right. and start bidding and trying to get those, you know, trying to win that player from someone else because they know it's the 11th hour. They know the deadline is here and they know other teams are interested. So if maybe a, an agent is savvy and is brave enough to like wait that out, he might sit there and go, Mm, no, no, no. And then maybe get what he was looking for, but it doesn't work that way. Like teams are going to wait to truly negotiate until close to the deadline exactly. so that they have all the leverage and a player is left literally thinking I might not play baseball in 2024 if I let this go on any longer. And again, that might be why Rob Menfred once again is in favor of this deadline. I know we're just in favor of it because other sports have it. It makes sense. Like, well, they don't like necessarily have it. Other sports just have so much more structure, right? That, uh, like in the NBA, when a when a marquee free agent is available and they want the the super max or you know whatever it is, there's only a couple. There's only a few teams usually that can actually give them that. Sure. And so the the you know. T- players and and teams have those conversations early on and then once the official signing period starts a lot of times those deals have already been ironed out um but in baseball there's there's no i mean there's there's basically an infinite number of options right yeah and so that that leads to situations where the you know these things just don't resolve nearly as quickly as they could well and that and how does this relate back to the diamondbacks is that the diamondbacks really did get a lot of their uh, moves done kind of earlier right and I mean it didn't feel like they were yeah. negotiating against any kind of time period they weren't really going after any Scott Boris clients you know it, it did feel like bringing Lourdes back was one of those moves where they explored free agency they got they got to see what was out there they realized that he was one of the best options available and Lourdes got to do the same thing go out there see what other teams were offering him see what things were going on realize that he wanted to still be here and that the you know contract was right and it, it worked out right but uh again it, it seemed like the diamondbacks even with some of the things that took longer like acquiring jock peterson didn't take nearly as long as some of these other teams in baseball are taking to make some sort of significant free agent addition during the offseason that's going to improve their team there's a lot of yeah. teams that have really done next to nothing when it comes to adding to their roster and uh again i i think that maybe that's that's part of it that could benefit baseball is just to make sure that everybody knows when this signing period is done and we can have our rosters full and move on with baseball um michael mcdermott says boris has long earned his infamous reputation he sure has hasn't he this is this is true he's yeah. somebody says he's Hoping GM shops like Jesse shops for Christmas. <laughs> they uh, well, that's a really... rattlebacks. That's a great point. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like Scott Boris loves this the way that because Je- Jesse gets amped for this. It's not a matter of like, oh, Jesse just doesn't find shopping to be important. No, I've realized much like baseball savant in the bathtub, Jesse gets hyped. <laughs> For last minute shopping, like it excites him, it, it gets his blood it's boiling. A little, it's a little adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's his favorite time of the year. So I maybe, will. maybe that's what Scott. Bo- maybe Scott Boris has done everything in life so much so <laughs> to the point that now the only adrenaline rush he gets is by making both players and teams think that they're just going to go ahead and not sign these guys, and then getting that call at the last minute, realizing he has them under his thumb. But, but I mean, that's kind of what we're saying, though, is that agents don't want the deadline. Boris yeah. doesn't want this to look like my Christmas shopping because yeah. my Christmas shopping does have a deadline. Uh-huh. Scott Boris does not want a, a deadline because he feels that if you have a deadline, you're going to wind up with you're going to wind up with less money. That's right. True. Um, and I, I understand where that's coming from. I do think that the lockout deadline that we had, the owner imposed 
uh, deadline for, um, you know, players to sign. I think it was December 2nd of 2021. We did see quite a bit of action leading up to that and players still got paid, right? That's when, uh, that's when Marcus, uh, Semyon, I believe was signed. Uh, that's when, uh, Corey Seager was signed. Those were late in November, right before that deadline. Uh, the New York Mets also committed a whole bunch of money to Max Scherzer and Starling Marte and Mark, uh, Canna, uh, there were players that signed. I think the Diamondbacks got Mark uh, uh, Mark Melanson at that point as well. They got That's their right. closer right before right. Um, that deadline as well. So there is something to be said for deadlines that increase prices rather than lower them, right? I mean, that's that's the whole eBay thing that you were talking about earlier. Everyone yeah. comes through with their biggest offer, and they do want that offer to be the highest one. Well, especially at that point, right? Like when you're at the absolute last minute and you know – like there's no more – there's no more space for negotiation, right? So it's like teams yeah. do have to come with their absolute best offer. And if they don't, there's a good chance they're going to lose out on that player to somebody else that comes with a better offer. There's just not a lot of time for, you know, for renegotiating and, and coming back, you know, and, and yeah, like, so, I mean, there, there's something to be said for it, but I feel like at the end of the day, it does essentially put, because it's, it's a matter of making the, like the team is going to play baseball. Like maybe they'll be without that guy that they're trying to sign, but the team's going to play baseball. Essentially that player might not play baseball because they don't sign by the end of the signing period. And they might have to do something stupid and sit out an entire year just because they didn't, you know, accept the team's offer. And, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, that's like the, that, that's where the leverage is completely with the teams and not that's with the players or the agents. Yeah. Right? The players are like, or the team is like, yeah, we still, we still will find a way to yeah. get, you know, someone to play right short field stops? for us. We got, yeah, we got short stops in the minor league, baby. Don't worry about it. Like, exactly. We don't need you, but do you exactly. want to come play for us? If you do, this is how much money we're offering. But on you know? but on the flip side, like, you know, going back to the eBay thing, at least, at least for me and my experience with those kind of websites, like how many times have you put in a bid that you felt was good and like might actually get you the item? And then, and then you find out once the deadline passes that someone bidded like, way more than you were even considering sure, sure. Uh, putting out there yeah, yeah. and in that in that case like I, I think i think deadlines sometimes do push prices up rather than um you know rather than causing it's a great point uh, in this case players to be to be backed into a corner because so. it essentially has to be your best offer you can't counter offer exactly it has to be yeah your best if you offer. want blake snell like if you really want Blake Snell, you've got to come out and really put it put together a good offer and yeah. you're not going to know what other people are offering. So you're going to offer a, a pretty good amount of money. Um, but yeah, uh, there's no way for us to really test this. The lockout situation was different because at the end of the day, both teams and players knew that the market was going to open up again. It wasn't like if you didn't sign before the lockout that you just weren't going to be able to get a contract. And so there's no way for us to really test this out and see how it would play out. And the union seems really concerned about what it would look like. And I can understand those concerns. And uh, yeah, all that to say, this probably isn't going to happen. <laughs> Has, have you ever got curious and just started increasing your bid just to see and then maybe get stuck bidding higher? I've, I've had that happen sure, where sure. I have gotten stuck uh, bidding a little bit higher than I wanted to just because I was curious and that. Again, maybe that happens to a baseball team. Uh, of course, if you are curious about our friends at OG's Brands, wait no longer because OG's has launched two new products uh, made with live rosin and Rick Simpson oil for you to check out. That's their OG's Naturals and the Big OG's, not to mention their full line of products. They have an incredible line of edibles that will absolutely help you in whatever way you're looking for some help. If you're looking to get 
Happy, if you're looking to elevate your mood, they have a wonderful blend, a happy balance uh, that can help you out. They also have some incredible sleep gummies if you're having any problems getting a good night's rest uh, that will help you get back on track. And that was the beautiful part about their sleep gummies is after uh, after consuming a few of them, I found out that like without, I, I didn't need them any longer. I got myself back on a good eight hour sleep schedule uh, and they are incredible. So make sure to check all of the products OG's has to offer out, uh, offer uh, to learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. My new friends at Phoenix Raceway, they have a big race coming out. I am, I'm, I'm excited to get into the racing world. I have professed that I am not a big racing fan. Uh, my wife has been trying to get me into it for a number right. of years now. Uh, and this might be successfully the, the year that it happens because we will be out at Phoenix Raceway uh, on March 8th through the 10th. The Valley of the Sun will roar to life this spring when NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway for the Shriners Children's 500. Uh, they offer the best in class fan experience and that meets racing, racing's toughest drivers for three days of action, all surrounded by the beautiful Australia Mountains. Uh, shout out to our, our guy Blaney, uh, my wife's favorite writer uh driver whatever writer driver see look at me i'm i'm an idiot when it comes to racing but <laughs> i i'm hoping to educate myself more on that and check all the fun that they're having out at phoenix raceway uh get your tickets to the shriners children's 500 at phoenix raceway march 8th through the 10th promises to be a weekend of good vibes for the whole family get your reserved grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com uh, and of course, we thank you guys that are already diehards. And if you're not a diehard yet, make sure to join us over here. We're having so much fun over at gophnx.com. Jesse just dropped his new diehard piece. Of course, we have our discussions going on in our Discord lounge, uh, all sorts of other fun stuff like our game show. Uh, we have, uh, of course, city council meetings with your mayor and maybe sometimes your vice mayor and so much more. So make sure to join us over here, get a, a subscription. Not only will you get uh, all of that wonderful stuff. You'll get discounts on events like our pool party coming up on July 31st at Chase Field. So uh, join us and become part of the PHNX family right now. Speaking of family, one guy that I'm very, very happy is part of the Arizona Diamondbacks family is Brent Strom. And I think ever since the Diamondbacks brought Strom over, you and I have been talking about how big it was to get a coach like this, how much experience he brings over from Houston and all of the other teams that he's been a part of. Uh, and not to mention the fact that he's just verily, very highly regarded around baseball. You, you rarely hear anything but amazing, incredible things about Brent Strom. And then usually the other stuff is just that he's a rascal and he's hilarious and that he has always has some he's a great. He's a great interview. He is a great interview. He's a great person. I mean, I talked about it last week, but I couldn't believe in a moment out at, you know, Salt River Fields that I got a chance just to take a little stroll with Strami and talk about how much we love baseball together. And for me, that was uh, a religious experience. It really was. The man <laughs> is the man is a legend. He's a living legend. Um, but he uh, actually there's an incredible article over at ESPN uh, with another Jesse uh, writing that one. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, he, of course, kind of highlighted what a special individual Strom is and how lucky the Diamondbacks are to have him considering where he was when uh, when when they made that call. Yeah, there's uh, there's some, some really interesting anecdotes about Brent Strom in this story. And Brent Strom is one of those people who has probably an infinite number of, of fantastic, uh, fantastic anecdotes. Any day generates interesting, like a day in the life <laughs> of Brent Strom is interesting anecdotes. Yeah, he uh, so Brent Strom is now has now been a pitching coach for four teams that have made 
uh, that have made the World Series. He is he's one in three. Uh, he did win one during his time with the Houston Astros. Um, but uh, he said that I he said I'm like the Buffalo Bills because he has lost uh, several World Series now on his home turf. <laughs> of course, he had that experience with the Diamondbacks in 2023. So oh, that was wow. uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, there's some interesting quotes in here also about the uh, the 2023 Diamondbacks season. This was an interesting quote that stood out to me. He said, it's imperative that we realize there was some luck involved last year and we got hot at the right time. I don't want this to be a one and out type yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's a great point because we've tried to stress that at times. We've tried to stress that like their attitude about last season, their mentality about last season seems to be in the right place, which is we ain't done shit yet. That's like their attitude. Like their attitude was we were one game away from being eliminated from playoff contention. So yeah. we cannot sit here and pat ourselves on the back about the postseason run and how we got to the World Series. We have to figure out the success, the formula that got us there a little bit, set that standard as they've been talking about a lot. But more importantly, they have to realize that they still have a lot of work to do and a lot of room for improvement, you know, and I think that's it's a it's a hard mindset to have after you come off of a successful postseason run like that but it's definitely the right one yeah yeah absolutely and and this is something that you know it, they're maybe not going to say it from the podium too much but i do think the diamondbacks internally have an understanding that uh there were there was some i i don't know if i would call it luck necessarily but just really getting hot at the right time it's because luck's and, not a baseball savant stat so you yeah can't, right right you it, can't, there's you no baseball savant luck. For, for luck so yeah. it's dead to me but uh yeah and you know it's something that mike hazen even said at the beginning of spring training like we had a great run last year but it's over and we and we yeah. have to move on and we only won 84 games and you know squeaking into the playoffs with the last postseason spot is not something that we want to be trying to do on an annual basis so yeah there's an understanding here that the diamondbacks <laughs> want to be in more sturdy position getting into the playoffs moving forward and that's certainly a goal of theirs in 2024. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Elise said it up there in the chat, but Brent Strom was a franchise-changing coach hire. Before him, our pitching coach position felt like a never-ending revolving door. And, I mean, it, it goes beyond him just being a good pitching coach. He is a mentor. He is a legend. He does things differently, and he can literally change careers. You know, it remains to be seen what Brandon Fott's career will be from this point sure. going forward. But if he has a successful career, if he can end up being one of the elite pitchers in Major League Baseball, what what a what a legend that story of him getting that call from Strom in the middle of the night to to change the side of the bump he was pitching from. Yeah. Really, yeah, like at like eleven o'clock at right? night during like the all star break mad when Brandon, scientist. Brandon Fott was was back home in, in Louisville. Louisville. I think I think I said that right. I don't know. I don't think we ever say it right, but uh, at least according <laughs> at least according to Fott, we don't say it right. I'll say though that uh, I I just especially with what the Diamondbacks have been building and the personnel they brought in not not players but coaching personnel. You know, it's 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 gonna like a lot of things with this team. That's something that you can never quantify Jeff Bannister's importance to this team of young players that can use the the wisdom and guidance of, of someone like that. You know, these are all legends in baseball, including Tory now at this point. So to sure. have that, you know, to have that level of, of mentorship above you, to have that level of coaching above you uh, is something for a team that's going to build their franchise on young players probably until the end of time is imperative. 
you know, and, and like, again, last year, there's some other factors too, I think that helped. And we talked about Tommy Pham. We talked about Evan Longoria and yeah. like how much their experience impacted it. But you just, you, you just can't say enough about Brent Strom. Uh, another quote at the very end of this story that, that stood out to me, um, he, Strom is talking about uh, his his plan moving forward and kind of how long he plans to do this. He said the body will accommodate the goal that's required. Uh, Strom said, seemingly referring to himself as much as his pitchers. He continues, I don't know how much further I want to do this, but there is some unfinished business here. That's why I came back. Uh, so Brent Strom just signed a two-year contract. So he is under contract for the Diamondbacks for 2024 and 2025. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brent Strom is... Uh, I, as he said there, it, it's unclear if if he is going to do this for a long period of time moving forward. It really might just be these two seasons. And Diamond, if you're the Diamondbacks, you you certainly want to take advantage of you know every every minute that Brent Strom is your is your pitching coach. I just uh, again in that wonderful moment that I shared with him, uh, the the way he said, "Is there anything better than baseball?" Like we just both immediately answered the question like, nope, not right now, not in this <laughs> moment, not with this sun in my face, not with this weather, not with this grass, not with that sound of that bat cracking in the background right now. And these guys all getting ready for a regular season. There's yeah. nothing better at times than baseball. And like, again, that's the thing about this guy is he just loves the game so much. He loves being able to shape the future of, of Major League Baseball and, and pitchers the way that he does. I just... You know, there there's something to be said about like how guys like that, especially with the way that Strom is good at like kind of using levity in situations to 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 kind of make you realize that you're just playing a game and this is all should be fun and like you might sure. be just too far up, you you might just be too anxiety riddled right now in the moment, right? But uh, I don't know, I don't know uh, how to put into words how important he is for this team, but. Uh, I guess it's very is the is the answer. Very important uh, for this team, but uh, of course we can't wait to get out and watch some baseball tonight. Slade is on the bump tonight for the Slade's Arizona Diamondbacks. The, the, the lineup was just announced. Well, what do we got? We got Corbin leading off, Jerry P hitting in the two hole, Gurry at uh, in the three, Pavin at first, Emmanuel Rivera at third, Jake McCarthy in right, Jose Herrera behind this. The, behind the plate uh, is it kyle garlic is that his first name it kyle garlic in the dh garlic. spot and blaze mm -hmm. alexander getting Let's another go. start at second base i like blaze is getting a lot of attention this spring that's an exciting thing for him because yeah. you gotta man, figure out what you got you have to figure out something to do with him it's time like he doesn't need any more time in minor league baseball the man needs to needs to get some playing time or he needs to be seen enough where he becomes uh, some sort of part of a trade and and uh you know his value can really be assessed by another team because I think he's uh, it, uh, it just he's one of those guys. I know he's Blaze Alexander is one of those guys. We are going to let go in some capacity, trade him, whatever, and he's going to be great somewhere else, and it's going to piss me off. So that's uh, why baseball's great. Uh, anyway, uh, you got anything else? What do you got? Uh, got anything else for it's, tonight? It's interesting. Corbin Carroll is playing center field today. Um, it seems like uh, we'd heard that from Mike Hazen that the Diamondbacks would like to get Corbin Carroll kind of settled in one position, uh, but it doesn't really sound like they're committing to doing that just yet. Uh, so, yeah, you might see Corbin Carroll kind of floating around between right field and center field, it looks like. Maybe get some time in, in left field as well. So, 
yeah, he can do it. I mean, he certainly has the speed for center field. He's he's not he's not quite Alec Thomas out there, but uh, something to something to watch for sure. That well, arm scares me out there. Yeah, I mean, I think in center field the arm. I think in center field the arm matters less than in right field. It's like Alec um, Thomas says, we hit the cutoff man. What are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In center field, you're yeah. You I mean, you don't want to have a terrible arm in center field, but you can you can stomach it a little bit more than in than in right field where it's definitely not ideal. Well, Jesse needs to get out of here because that drive to Goodyear takes about yes, an hour and a half. I will be on the road for uh, the next two hours. You should get Correct. out to Goodyear. And if you do, <laughs> make sure to check out the brand new Sombrero's location out there in Goodyear. If you're going out to that baseball game, I know some of you haven't had a chance to go because they've been mostly day games and they're almost all day games. But if you're going out to tonight's night game, stop by Sombrero's. We will save you some money. You want to save some money? We got you. PHNX, use that code in restaurant. Use it through the drive-thru or use it online when ordering through some boros. And when you do, you will save 20% off your order. And that is up to $100, uh, up to $100 order. So make sure to get down on that 20% off your orders for the entire month of March. That's such, that's Pretty my incredible. gift to you. That's my birthday gift to you is you get 20% off some boros. All the time, like not just a one-use code. Go in there, say PHNX, then come back tomorrow for breakfast burritos. Say PHNX sent me again. You'll get another twenty percent off. It's the way it works. It's the there best letters a, in alphabet, by the way. There is a Sombrero's right by a Goodyear ballpark. That's right. So that one is, of the new locations. That is my my dinner spot that tonight. Is, go so. get that pollo fundido. I'm telling you, you will not yeah, regret that at all. That at all. You can also get their new location uh, in Peoria, and there's the one up by me in North Phoenix uh, at I-17 and Joe Max. So with locations throughout the Valley and in Flagstaff, you're never far from delicious time-tested Sonoran style recipes, lovingly prepared since 1986. Uh, and of course, get down on that 20% off, 20% off your order uh, of up to $100 when you use code PHNX at checkout for the whole month of March, available in restaurant drive through and when you order online, not, avail not available on third-party delivery visit someburrows.com. So forget those third-party delivery apps with all their fees and everything like that. Just go to <laughs> someburrows.com. Uh, also, check out AZ Lottery. Uh, Arizona Lottery is all about getting us out this, this beautiful time of the year and getting on some Arizona adventures around the state. They have their new unique ticket promotion called Arizona Adventure. Of course, there's three ways to play. You can get their Arizona Lottery tickets featuring those iconic Arizona landscapes. You can also check in at Geolocated Adventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma. Or you can enter tickets online for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. The Arizona Lottery says proceeds from ticket sales supports environmental conservation, among other important initiatives across the street across the state. The Arizona Lottery is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It's about giving back to the state and its communities. Visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Well, that's all we got, but not really, because me and Jesse are going to stick around and do an audio podcast right now uh, for your listening pleasure on Saturday. Uh, we go. have We're going to talk about realignment of Major League Baseball and why, for some reason, the Diamondbacks are being blamed in some way for having to restructure what is going to go on in the playoffs. I can't wait to get into this because I'm going to yell about some stuff. But, uh, <laughs> of course, in the meantime, you can make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac next to me is at Jesse N. Friedman. Of course, our 
uh, father over Lord Jacob. You can find him at Jacob underscore Franklin four because he's the fourth best Jacob Franklin. And we don't know what those other. Unfortunately, three. we didn't find the other. We've been searching for those other three. And you let, if you know a Jacob Franklin and it's not this Jacob Franklin, you let me know. I need to have, but a talk you have with to that judge guy. whether they're better than me or not. It, what's just what's their Twitter ranking? Are they Jacob underscore Franklin one, two, three? Let us know what their Twitter <laughs> handle is and we'll get this solved. But uh, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs and all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate you guys so much for stopping by and we thank you so much for your time. Go enjoy some baseball tonight out in Goodyear with this man. Uh, and until we see you again, remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when Brent Strom is your pitching coach.